Welcome back to the Yellow Box Podcast. This week, we're joined by small group pastor Sherry Benke as we continue our series, Turn the Page. For more information, please visit us at www.communitychristian.org. And remember, you can always find us on Sundays at the Yellow Box at 9.30 a.m., 11.15 a.m., and 5 p.m. And now also on Monday nights at 6.30 p.m. We hope to see you there. Good morning, Yellow Box. See that, see, that was a warm welcome for me. I don't know what Lucas is talking about. Welcome. I'm so glad that you're here this morning. I want to say a special welcome to those joining us online as well. I have just really been enjoying this series, Turn the Page. Have you guys been enjoying it? Yeah. If you missed last week, I just want to kind of bring you up to speed. Last week, we kicked off a brand new series, an 11-week series called Turn the Page. We are taking a journey through the Bible from the very beginning. And I love the questions that this has already been stirring up in my small group and even in my family. And, and as a community, we thought that might be the case. We might have some people who had some additional questions, and that's why we created additional resources for this specific series. And so you can find these additional resources at what we call the Turn the Page Bible Experience. You can find them on our website. You can also find them through our push, um, our uh, app that's available. Um, there's even an online Facebook group where you can go bring your curiosity, bring your questions. Um, questions like what my son asked during service last week. Uh, last week when Ian was up here teaching, um, he was talking about in the beginning, God created man and woman. And my son leaned over to me and said, Now, the Bible says the first people were Adam and Eve, but science says humans evolved. What's true? I was like, that's a great question. Don't you want to know where babies come from? That's a little bit easier to answer. (laughs) But I reassured him that was a great question, one I've asked myself. And I am so glad that he feels safe enough within this community to ask those tough questions theological questions. Um, I really enjoyed looking at the Facebook thread this past week on those same kind of curiosity questions based on Noah and the great flood. We want to be a community that welcomes your questions, whether they're deep theological questions or just interests that you have in the Bible. Take advantage of these additional resources. Because here's the deal. If you're trying to get a hold of this Bible and fully understand it by one hour a week, you're really going to miss out. So take the time, dig in throughout the week. Let's, as a community, take our experience that we have here on a Sunday, but let's begin to integrate it into our lives during the week, okay? And today we're going to continue. We're going to continue to turn the page. So I invite you to open your hearts, open your minds to how God wants to work in and through us as we turn the page in this series. Now, last week, Ian taught on uh, the very beginning. We learned that God is a God of love and that he created everything. And out of this outpouring of love, he created humans. He created us to live in perfect harmony with him. And this harmony is called shalom. And we use the word perfect for shalom, or in a simple term, it means peace, but I just don't think that describes that word very well. When I think of the word perfect, I think of something that's kind of set. And here's the thing, this shalom that we experience with God, it's dynamic. It's this wholeness of well-being. It's the absence of want the absence of wanting anything. And so God is the creator. He created humans. He knows what's good for humans and he knows what's not good for humans. And so if we want to enter into this shalom, we have to trust him. 
We have to trust him and let him define what is good and what is not good. But at the very beginning part of this story, we realize that humans begin to not trust God and they define what is good and what is not good for themselves. And because of that, this shalom is broken. The shalom is broken of these people. But then as we turn the page to Genesis 12, we see that God, that he is initiating a new beginning, a new relationship to establish this shalom again. So let's jump right in. Genesis 12, let's go right to verse one. Said the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. So God is very crystal clear here to Abram. He's saying, go. Kind of like what I said to my adult daughter when I asked her to move out of the house. Just, just go, right? Go now, right? But as we read on in this scripture, he's not as clear. He says, go, but then he, he attaches a promise to this. And the promise that he attaches to this is he says, I will bless you. But that's not as clear. What does it mean that he will bless him? I mean, does it mean this? Is this what we're talking about? A great steak dinner? Hashtag blessed, Right? Is that what this is? Is that the kind of blessing we're talking about? I mean, the steak looks pretty good there, actually. Or what about a dream vacation on the beach? I could, I could really use that kind of blessing right now. That would be nice. Or what, maybe is this the kind of blessing we're talking about? A brand new, red, shiny, uh, is that a Tesla? Yeah, that, that's, kinda, that's a great blessing, right? See, actually, in the scriptures, the word bless or blessing it's not associated with any kind of possessions or wealth that we associate with that today. And so if we really wanna grasp what this passage means, we're gonna have to shake off our cultural understanding of what blessing means. Because this word blessing really has been twisted with today's culture of, of gaining possessions and luxury vacations when it comes to being blessed. I think a better interpretation for this word blessed when we read it in the scriptures is to think of the word bless or blessing as the very presence of God. And so we can actually go back and we can read the scripture and we can look at it and say, I will give you my very presence. That's what God's saying to Abram. I will give you my very presence and I will make your name great and you'll reflect my presence to those who are around you. That's a little better way to kind of grasp what that means. And so God declares to Abram, He says, I'm going to make you a great nation. You're going to have many descendants. And he makes this promise to him that he and his descendants are going to be this reflection of who God is to humanity. They're going to be an example of what it looks like to obey God. And he makes this promise. But here's the deal. He makes this promise that Abram is going to have all these descendants. But Abram doesn't have any children. And did I mention he and his wife are in their uh, mid to late 70s? Now, I am not 70, but I am closer to 70 than I am my childbearing years. And um, I have to wonder, how is God going to bless Abram with all these descendants when they don't have any children and they're old? Like, how is this going to happen? 
And Abram has the same questions too. He has the same doubts. He has the same questions for God. But then, as he kind of has these questions, this is what God does. God takes him outside and he says, he took him outside and he said, look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And he makes this promise that he is going to have descendants as numerous as the stars. Now, if you live in Chicago, you're probably thinking that's about four descendants, right? Because that's about all you can see. But I grew up in rural Oklahoma. And one of the things that I miss the most about being there is just being able to look up at all the stars. And every time I go there, I make sure I go outside and just look up in awe at the stars. There are millions of stars. They are innumerable. There's absolutely no way you could count those stars. So that's what you need to think about when God is making this promise. And not only does he make this promise, but he seals it with a covenant. And a covenant is a serious agreement between two partners. And this covenant that's made, it's it's very uh, important for us to grasp this um, in verse 18 because it's very important to this whole story from the very beginning. And this is what we read about the covenant. It says, on that day, the Lord made a covenant and Abram said to your descendants, I give this land from the Wadi of Egypt to the great river of Euphrates. So he's made this promise. He said, not only will you have all these descendants, I am going to give you this land and I am going to seal it with a covenant. I'm going to seal it. It is the most sacred of promises. So much so, if this promise were to be broken, you'd be inviting a curse on you. Here's what's really important, and I think we could miss this as we read through these scriptures. If we back up to verse 12, this promise, this covenant that God makes with Abram, it's made while Abram is asleep. He's sleeping. And here's why that is so significant. Why it's so significant is God is making this promise. It's him who's going to see it through. He's the one that's going to seal this covenant. He's the one that's going to experience the consequences if it doesn't happen. All Abram has to do is trust God and obey God. And that's what the covenant does. And so you may ask yourself, so what's the significance of this Bible story? And, and why, is it, why should it be significant to us? Here's why. Because this is the beginning of God restoring his dream for the world to live in shalom with all his creation. And through Abram, God will have a people. And so as part of this covenant, God changes Abram's name to Abraham. And Abraham means father of many. Did any of you sing a song maybe in Sunday school called Father Abraham had many sons? Oh, good. So it's not just in Oklahoma that we sing silly songs like that. Okay. See, eventually God makes good on his promise. He gives Abraham a son, Isaac, the first descendant of this promise. And then as we read through the entire rest of the Old Testament, we see that his descendants become what's called the nation of Israel. And this nation is all the descendants of Abraham. And if you read the genealogy through the Old Testament, it sounds a little bit more like Mediterranean cuisine. But the reason why that genealogy is in there is because it ties back to this very initial promise 
that God would bless the world and give Abram many descendants as numerous as the stars. And that's what this promise is coming to an end here. But see, this isn't just Abraham's story. This is our story too. And how it becomes our story is because we are actually Abraham's descendants. You know that silly song that we sang? There's a line in there. And as a child, I never understood what it meant. But it says, Father Abraham and many sons. And I am one of them. And so are you. And here's the deal. We are part of Abraham's descendants. We are part of the very first promise that he made as Christ followers. As we enter into this special relationship with God. Christ himself fulfills this promise to bring those descendants. So if we turn the pages all the way to the New Testament, we'll find that Jesus came, he ushered in a new covenant. And this new covenant said, there's no longer the nation of Israel and the Gentiles. No, we are all part of the family of God. Every single one of us are descendants of Abraham as we enter into the special relationship that we have with God through Jesus. And that's why Paul declares this in Galatians. He said, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs to his promise. That's how we become part of Abraham's family. All the way back from the beginning of Genesis. All who decide to follow Jesus are Abraham's descendants. And so that's why we don't just read the Bible to find out, found out about stories that happened then and there. These stories are really about us and how we engage. And the story continues through us. We are blessed as well, just like Abraham is. He was blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. So I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, you are blessed. You are blessed by the very presence of God. You are blessed. However, I have a hunch that there are some people who came here today who maybe don't feel very blessed right now. Maybe you're in a dark place. Maybe life just has not turned out the way you had hoped. You've experienced broken relationships, maybe broken health. Maybe you begin to question even the goodness of God. Here's the thing. Don't become disillusioned by the hashtag blessed that we see on social media. This blessing that we receive, it has nothing to do with luxury vacations. It has nothing to do with resources. It has everything to do with a relationship of our creator, God. It's entering into a relationship with him. When we find our way back to him, it's his light that shines into the dark places of our life. And as it shines into the dark places of our life, we become that reflection. Not only are we blessed, then we are here to bless others Through Jesus, we experience that shalom that God intended in the first place, and then we get to share that with the rest of the world. That's what it means to be blessed. And hear this, we're not blessed just so we can be blessed. That's not how this goes. Abraham knew that too. If we revisit, let's go back to the very beginning. It says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. 
I will bless those who bless you, and all people on earth will be blessed through you. See, Abraham knew he wasn't just blessed for himself. He wasn't blessed to be blessed. He was blessed to be a blessing to those that he came in contact with. And so are we. Abraham was like a transmitter of, this, of God's blessing. Think of your cell phone for just a moment, your cell phone. There's all kinds of cell phone signals flying throughout this building all over the place. We can't see them. We can't feel them, but they're all here. But your cell phone can pick up that signal and it takes that signal and it transfers it into sound and images that everyone can see. And so we need to be the transmitters of that blessing. We receive that blessing from God. And as we receive that blessing from God, we reflect that and we display that to everyone around us so they can see the expression of God. But how do we do that? How do we bless those? As we've been a blessing, how do we bless those around us? Well, here at Community, we have what we call the bless practices. It's a simple strategy to help us engage in blessing one another. Now, if you've been here for a while, you've heard that before. You've heard of the bless strategies. But if you're new, I want to show you this really quick video on how to bless somebody in less than one minute. Check this out. Hey, my name is Alec Bramlett. We're coming to you live from Anderson's Bookshop. We're going to play a new game called Bless in a Minute or Less. And I'm the host, actually the contestant, and, um, well, the audience kind of too. Um, so let's go inside, check it out. Okay, so we're here inside Anderson's Bookshop, and um, I guess we got to be kind of quiet because it is a bookshop. Or is that just libraries? I'm not sure. Anyway, um, we're going to play the new game, Bless in a Minute or Less. And it looks like this guy right here is someone we could talk to. Hi, sir. What's your name? Uh, Tayshan. Uh, well, do you want to play Bless in a Minute or Less? Um, sure. All right, let's go play. All right, Tayshawn, here's how the game works. I'm actually the contestant. You're just going to watch. But I do need you to help. You're going to be the timekeeper because I'm going to try and bless you in a minute or less. All right? So don't let me go over 60 seconds. I have 60 seconds or less to bless you. All right? We're doing one of those new um, acrostic things, you know, where each letter stands for something. It's like, a, what is it, an acoustic? It's like, um, no, it's like an anagram, an, 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 an angiogram. So I'm going to try and do each letter of the word bless in a minute or less. Ready? All right, start the time. Boom. Okay. Um, oh. Say something. I'm listening. I just, uh, I'm here for you. Okay, good. Done. Got it. All right. It really does satisfy. But, um, here. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, we can start eating it. Go ahead. Eat it. Yeah. Eat the whole thing. How's it taste? Is there anything else I can bring you? Okay. Good. Got it. All right, down there. Once upon a time, good night, moon, the end. Done. What's my time? How did I do? We did it! We did it! Yes! I want to thank you, Tayshawn. I want to thank Mr. and Mrs. Anderson. I want to thank the Easter Bunny.
All right, so that's just a silly little video, but really the blessed practices, an acronym, we use those to help guide us and, and you can use them as a tool to how you can bless those around you. B, begin with prayer. And I love that we can just begin with prayer because it really takes things out of our hands and places them in God. But we can begin to pray for those around us. Pray for those that God puts in our path. Make us sensitive to those people who we come across. Or maybe you have a person specifically that you want to begin praying for. L, listen. Listen to those around you. Sadly, Christians are really not known for being good listeners. But what better way to bless those around you than to listen? Listen to your kids. Listen to your neighbors, listen to your coworkers, your family members, listen to them. Now, this next one is my favorite, eat. I mean, we all eat. We're eating three times a day, that's 21 meals in a week. And we can add to this, this isn't going to add anything to your schedule by inviting somebody along to share a meal with. Listen to this uh, quote from Richard Rohr, I love this quote. It says, Jesus' most consistent social action was eating in new ways with new people. Encountering those who were oppressed or excluded from the system. He didn't please anybody, it seems. Always breaking the rules and making a bigger table. Jesus ate with those. And I can imagine the conversations that he had around that table as he began to include more people. Listen, nothing can take a relationship from an acquaintance to a friendship faster than sharing a meal. And we all eat. It's just a matter of inviting somebody along. This next letter is S, serve. Listen, if you're beginning with prayer, if you're listening to those around you, if you've invested in that relationship by sharing a meal with somebody, then you are going to know how to serve them. We can be really quick to kind of jump in and try to solve someone's problems, but if you really listen to them, they will let you know how best that you can serve them. And then as you begin these practices, as you begin with prayer, listen, share a meal with someone, serve them in a way that really meets their needs, somewhere along the way, they'll ask you, why do you do what you do? Or you're a little different, and it won't be weird. Like, they'll wonder why you do what you do, and then you can share your story, your story of how you found your way back to God. That's how we can begin blessing those around us. That's the blessed practices. Begin with prayer. Listen, eat, serve, share your story. They're simple, but they are effective if you do them. They really are. And notice they're all relational. They're all relational because what we're really doing is we're inviting people into a relationship with God. And here's the thing. Sometimes that, those first steps into somebody finding a relationship with God is through you by practicing These practices of blessing one another, knowing that you are blessed and to bless those who are around you. And so I want to challenge you with this question. Now, when Abraham was called by God, God said, go, go out of your comfort zone. I want you to go. So where is God calling you to go? How is he calling you to be a blessing? Who is God calling you to bless? Is it your neighbor? Coworker? Family member? See, I think God puts people on our path all the time to be a blessing to them. We just have to respond to it. We just have to respond to it. So at this moment in this service, I'm going to transition a little bit. 
And I'm gonna invite um, all our small group leaders and small group members up on stage. They can begin coming up on stage. And here's why we're doing that. We're actually having a moment in service right now called small group commissioning because we challenge each and every one of our small groups to be on mission, to, to go, to be asking the question, where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to bless? And all our groups are on mission. We each have been called individually to bless people in our lives, but sometimes we're called to bless collectively. And that's what our small groups do. Our small groups look to begin to bless people throughout the community. I see people coming up on stage. I see people who've decided to bless people in their neighborhood. And last Monday, we had a small group leader who was able to baptize a good friend of theirs. I see some of the leaders up here from Connections. They have chosen to reach out and begin to bless uh, homeless youth. They also support women who are making a difference. And they've come alongside somebody right in their community to assist them who have physical limitations. But I see the people coming up here on stage and they've chosen to go. They've responded to the call to bless people. And you can do this too. So in a moment, we're going to give you an opportunity to be commissioned as well. But we're going to take the opportunity to commission these folks who have responded with a yes, we will go. So I'm going to pray for them. As I do, if you don't mind, you can extend your hands out right where you are as we begin to just pray a blessing over our small groups and our small group leaders. Let's pray for them. Father God, I thank you for every one of these people that we see on stage. I thank you for their obedience and responding to the call to go and to seek out who do you want me to bless and that they are doing that, that they have come together, that they recognize that they are blessed to be a blessing and that's what they intend to do. And so, Father, I thank you so much for Abraham who responded to the call and I thank you so much for Jesus who responded to the call and extends that blessing to every single one of us. Father, I anoint them. Bless them with courage to go way out of their comfort zone if they must. Father, we do this because we have been blessed. Thank you for blessing us and empower us to bless those around us. It's in your son's holy name that I pray. Amen.